All right, so welcome, welcome, welcome to another fantastic episode of My Orgasmic Life. And we're diving into the Mighty Men series. And I have a spectacular co-host, Ryan Thomas, with me. I'm so excited to have him on the show. Now, normally, like especially lately, I've been very like exuberant and we've been talking about a lot of really fun topics and you know some pretty sexy topics however our conversation today is going to be a little more heavy and a little serious a little more serious because it's an important conversation to have so if you're tuning in and you're like oh where is happy babbly bouncy gaia then go watch one of the other ones but this is an important conversation that we all need to look at so before we get into our topic, Ryan, tell us all about you. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, that's a that's a small question. Uh, <laughs> let's, start off, let's, let's start off with the hard ones, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so my name is Ryan Thomas. I'm the owner of the Intimate Lifestyle. I am a sex and intimacy coach for men. Uh, I help men become fully expressed in who they are sexually and emotionally, so they can have better relationships and better sex lives. That's Fantastic. Yeah. You did awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay, so our conversation is overcoming hatred and resentment of women. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want to start on that one? That's a huge one. <clears throat> oh, well, it all started in the summer of 1996. <laughs> um. Where could I, where could I start? I mean, yeah, I guess for me, that, that was, that was a big thing. Like I had, I had a lot of hatred and resentment towards women when I was younger. It didn't actually start off that way. I developed it when I was in my early to mid twenties. So why don't you share that? Like, how did that happen? Like, where did that come from? Like, what was the cause of, of that hatred and resentment? I think there was just a lot of shame that I had when I was growing up around women. So around the women that I found um, attractive, they they would tease me relentlessly. Um, and then I remember girls doing certain things in high school. I mean, high school sucks. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of not people aren't being the nicest in high school. So I just remember feeling really bad and really shamed and 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 hurt around women. And then as I got older and I started to enter the dating world in my early twenties, I wanted attention from women, but I didn't know how to get it. And I'd see women dating guys that were jerks. And I considered myself to be a really nice guy. And I didn't know why it didn't matter what I did for some reason I, I couldn't get I couldn't get sex. I could. I couldn't have sex. I couldn't find women to date who would like me because. And 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 so I felt completely inadequate. And women were withholding what it was that I needed to feel good about myself. It. It. it I was lonely. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I was lonely. Yeah. And then I entered the pickup artist world to try mm-hmm. to become a pickup artist, and that actually created more. That actually created more anxiety, which then created more irritation and frustration and anger towards women than it did help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So where did you, like, how, were you able to recognize it at the time that you were feeling resentful and angry at women? Like, were you, like, how was it playing itself out in your like day-to-day life? Oh yeah. No, definitely at the time I didn't know that it was, I didn't know that it was anger. I said, no, I like women. I love women. Why would I be chasing women if I didn't like them? And I was chasing women because I was straight. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Not because I liked women, um, because I wanted, I needed sex and sex was with women because I'm a heterosexual man. So the way it was playing out was I would, I had really mean things to say about women. I would undercut them. I would assume the worst of them. Mm-hmm. I would assume that they were going to hurt me, that they were disloyal, dishonest, that they were manipulative. I would assume that they were completely crazy, that they'd say one thing, that they wanted one thing, but they would go and do and get another. I, I sort of carried this and, and deep, like deep down, 
I think anyone who does like personal work or has heard this a few times, it's like, oh yeah, same old story. But they were they were holding what I needed most, which is which is value. I needed to be loved, and I well, also I wanted sex, but also I wanted to be loved. We told that I was okay as a man, and women were the ones that could give that to me, and they weren't giving that to me. But then they would go and give that such like give that being attention and sex to a guy who was a complete jerk. Mm-hmm. And that made me really angry and resentful towards women. Why, why is it that when I'm trying to be a good person that I'm not getting love and affection? Mm-hmm. So that's how it was playing out. Um, and that's like, and that's such a great share because it's, you know, it's, it's the piece that, I mean, I do a lot of work with men and I, I talk to a lot of men and a lot of the men that come see me are like those good guys, the nice guys, you know, the ones that, you know, it's not the bad boys. It's not the jerks. It's not the assholes. Um, it's the nice guys who are like desperately wanting to have love and connection and relationships and sex and all of these wonderful things that as human beings we we crave to connect right and they're like why are why is the bad boy getting all of the attention and i'm not and i'm not you know like why why is this going on and i think you know i just had a great conversation recently with somebody about this and we were talking about how a lot of it is about the nice there's there's the good guy versus the nice guy. And, mm-hmm. and he, it was really cool how he was explaining it. It was like the, the good guy still has that masculine testosterone. Really the women are attracted to the testosterone component. That's what they're like being drawn to, which is why they're like, you know, going after the, the douchebags. Plus there's also the, the reinforcement that they aren't worthy of love and they are going to be treated like shit. So there's a whole pattern that goes along with that. But, but there's that draw to that arousal response to the, the aggression and the testosterone and nice guys became doormats. Like they, they, you know, they wanted to please everybody. And in that pleasing of everybody, they let everybody walk all over them. And so they didn't have that, that same energy, that, that masculine sexual uh, testosterone energy versus the good guy who is like sets boundaries and is clear and yet not an asshole, not being abusive. And so it was really, it was really interesting in that perspective of the good guy versus the nice guy versus the the douchebag guy and what as women culturally why we're attracted to one versus the other and i don't know i just felt like i you know sharing that what, what's your thoughts on that yeah i mean i was I, basically i was super needy so i came in and i came into the interactions with this huge neediness so <clears throat> i could i could date and I could date and have sex with women that I didn't find attractive because I just, I didn't care, which then meant that with those women that I didn't find attractive, I wouldn't treat them the nicest because, well, ultimately it's because I felt bad. Like, why am I dating this person that I don't find attractive? It's because I can't date the person that I do find attractive. That makes me angry. So I'm going to project all that anger onto you. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's what I, what I did. And yeah. And whenever there was a woman that I did like my, my, like my arousal and my desire was tied to my value. Right. So there was shame there. Right. So I needed this person to say, yes, that desire is okay. So I will like you back. And now I had to learn to not be as needy and be able to recognize, well, that's just something I have to give myself here and not go into this interaction, giving this woman that I find really attractive everything and being like, oh, hi. Hey, how's it going? Do you, do you want to go, like, let's go on a date? You know, just being a, like a complete pushover and losing my, losing my footing, not being as anchored into myself around someone who I found really attractive. So I had to learn how to be anchored in myself when I felt that attraction. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. It's like, yeah, yeah it's like that, like dropping into that confidence, right? Like your self, your self-worth, your self-esteem, instead of it being external, it being yours. 
you know, and, and then stepping into that interaction from a place of being confident and being strong in who you are instead of being like, please love me, please accept me, please, 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 that needy energy, right? Which is, mm-hmm. we all are repulsed, all, every one of us, doesn't matter if you have a vagina or a penis, right? Like we're all, all of us are incredibly resistant to that frequency, that energy, that, that, that needy space where you're like, you're supposed to complete me and you're supposed to fix my life. And you're, and it's like, every one of us is like, Whoa, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the thing with like being needy too, is that, you know, you think, Oh, I'm trying to give things here. I'm trying to give good attention and give good energy into this person because I like them. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to give, but with the neediness you're giving so that you can get like you're actually trying to get something out of it rather than just being really kind and just a really giving person. If you're just doing that because you like to give, then you're okay. If they don't give back, it might hurt a bit. It's like, Oh, I really like that person, but you're okay. Right. You're not asking something from them. And that's what that neediness, that's that creepiness. It's like, I'm going to give this to you so I can see your tits. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to say this be so that I can have sex with you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I love you so that you can tell me that you love me back. Like all of that stuff is like, you know, what's your intention behind it? You know, energetically, it was like, how do we feel like this, that that creepy or is it like, oh, I can receive that. Yeah. There was, there was also a thing sort of interrupt. There was, there was another thing as well for me is that every, like whenever there was a woman that I found attractive, she was the only one. So it was like, if I don't get the attention from this woman and I really like this woman, then all of a sudden it's like, I put all of this emphasis onto this one person. She has to give me everything (laughs) that I need to be solid in who I am as a man to, to be loved like this one person because there's no other attractive women out in the world anywhere. It's only this one person that can give this to me. And um, yeah, so that was like, there was a huge scarcity mindset. Which is a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel sorry for those women. A lot of pressure. Just like, yeah. whoa, talk about performance anxiety. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still have those parts of me inside of me that uh, for the most part like, have 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 gone away. But uh I do notice them pop up from time to time. It's like, oh wow, that's that's in there. It's like that inner that wound, that inner wound is still there. So it'll pop up and be like, Oh. What you want? What you want, fucker? <laughs> oh, you haven't helped me in the past. Stop it. You know this doesn't work. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Just go. Get over here. I'm going to give you a little noogie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, right? That that old programming, it, it runs deep and it, it does rear its head every once in a while. And, and I really think that those wounds sometimes never really go away, but our ability to manage them, it becomes so much easier, right? Like that's where it's like you said, it's like you recognize it, you being able to recognize and be like, yeah, I don't think fucking think so. Not today. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah. You being able to he- like see that and recognize that and then course correct appropriately, I think is where that's that, I guess that higher sense of awareness and awakening state of like when we start working on our shit, right? Is that the, we don't ever really get rid of all of our shit. We're still batshit crazy at the end of the day, <laughs> but our ability to manage that crazy gets much, much better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my, that's my insecure shit. That's my guilt shit. That's my shame shit. That's a, that's a fucker. That one. Oh uh, yeah. This one over here is my sex shit. This is the dark dark sex shit that I don't really necessarily like looking at sometimes, but sometimes it's kind of fun. You know, yeah. this is it's like, you know where everything is. Exactly. And so when it rears it its not. head, it's like when it shows its head, you're like, oh, I recognize that. Yeah, no, we're not going to use that today. <laughs> that, that's sometimes, what's serving us. Yeah. Sometimes it hits you in the back of the head and you're like, oh, I did the thing. I did the thing. I did the thing I'm not supposed to do that I know doesn't help. I did the thing. Damn it. And now shame is on me. Get off me, shame shit. Get off. I got to look at this other shit. Damn it. 
Yep. Yep. The joys of self, self-growth, personal yeah. development. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of compassion is required in order to go, grow through a lot of the a lot of the stuff. That was actually a big thing that I learned is just having compassion for myself when I do uh, when I do fuck up or, or say something stupid. <laughs> I also find too is like the self compassion, but also the humor. Like I find it so helpful for me just to laugh that shit off. Like you know, for me, it's like wow, that fucking interesting. <laughs> Who knew I still had that? Oh, well, shake it off, wiggle my butt, laugh it off, all right, move it along, right? Nothing to see here, right? Exactly. It's like really moving into not dropping into that, like self-loathing and shame. Like you said, it's like you're, when you're going through that whole sequence, it's like you did this and then the shame kicked in and then they did that and then that kicked in and then you did that and then this kicked in. It's like you become this you know, you're dodging all of these things as you're navigating because this one moment came up, right? And and it's yeah. like, and just love, self-love, self-acceptance and laughter is like key to moving through all of that. Yeah, exactly. You're just, you're a shit magnet. We're all shit magnets. <laughs> we all are shit. Shit is getting thrown on us right, left and center. <laughs> We're getting the shit inside of ourselves, throwing shit against the walls. And it's just a constant like battle of like removing the shit that gets thrown on us. Like that's, that's what it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. So let's come back to how could, let's looking, looking at deeper into, okay, so let's talk about some of those potential wounds that are created for, for men. And where do they come from and what might have they look like so that I think we can start, let's, let's break down. Like, what does hatred look like? Where does that come from? Right. And what are some of, so that some of, you know, people who are eavesdropping on our conversation right now can be like, Oh, Oh, that's how that's because when we say the word hatred, I think what comes to mind is like, like there's this deep hatred of, of somebody, almost like this, this, this rage, this anger towards a, a whole population or a whole gender. And it doesn't have to be as blatant as that. It can be even more subtle than that. Yes, hatred can be subtle. Mm-hmm. So what would you say are some of the ways in which that, where not only you personally, but you've also seen around you from a male perspective? Because I can, uh, I'll talk about from the female perspective of being on the receiving end of it, but I want to hear from you from like the male perspective of all the different ways that hatred shows up and you've seen it. Towards one women. thing, one thing was the type of porn I watched. Mm. So there was there was a type of porn that I watched that was quite aggressive, and you know they showed the beginning of the video. The woman said that she was like into it and that she was excited, which obviously they're gonna say because it's it's porn. And, um, and then it was, it was quite, it was quite aggressive. And, uh, yeah, I remember watching, dealing with my hatred and then like four, three or four. Yeah. Maybe it was more like five, five years later, I searched one of those same videos. I managed actually to find it and I look, I watched it and I started watching it. And I was erect. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember this feeling really good. And I started watching it, and I lost my erection. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, li- I, li- I liked this. Whoa. Whoa. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. I watched a bit more of it out of, like, more, like, sheer curiosity of reflection and introspection at the moment. So here I was thinking I was just going to rub one out. And then I ended up going in and I ended up like becoming self-reflective. Wasn't what I wanted to do in the moment. But uh, yeah, so that was one thing was the type of porn that I watched. Uh, can, just, can I weigh in on that a little bit? Because I think that there's a difference between, because I, I do a lot of work in the realm of kink and BDSM and, you know, some pretty crazy shit that comes down to like human sexuality and desires. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to dif- be able to differentiate between consensual exploration of um, rough, raw, primal, um, intense versus um, hatred, self-hatred, and self-loathing um, porn. 
and and yes. I and I think and there's a it's a fine there's a like there's a very fine line in that in that world, but I think dropping into listening to yourself to say like does is this two people really diving into their their own primal exploration of raw intense primal sex, or is this really coming from a place of acting of self-loathing and receiving self-loathing of hatred Mm -hmm. yes and what i noticed in myself was i had realized where i was before so it wasn't so much of me exploring the darker aspects of my sexuality which i can do now but at that time i realized that i was only in the dark and i didn't have any of the light Mm -hmm. because i was so focused on that stuff when i was watching that porn before it wasn't a conscious exploration of sexuality. It wasn't a deliberate, focused, understand my sexuality. Why do I like this? What is it? I, I didn't go into that. It was more, this is something that is really degrading. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I didn't understand why. So later, I looked back on it to realize, it was more of like a self-reflection in the moment of like, wow, I liked this, but I, hadn't, but I didn't fully understand why. And, uh, and I lost my erection sort of, thinking about partially because I had lost the desire for that dark sexual energy. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was also because of just the awareness that I had over myself in in that moment. I was like, wow, okay, really interesting. So that was one thing that, that I'd learned. Uh, So that was one way that, that anger and hatred showed up. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there, can I ask, can I ask some, now I'm curious. Yeah, sure. (laughs) nosy here okay <laughs> any sure point, any point you can be like god too much information um was there any understanding in that moment that the arousal was that anger of taking it out on women like was it in that moment yes when i was turned on it was taking my anger out on women that's what it was and that you were basically living vicariously. I mean, we're going back almost a dent. We're we're going back almost like nine years ago now. So it's like, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to get more into like logistics of like, well, what was the arousal? The arousal was then became anchored with that hatred instead of yes. just okay. All right. The porn that I watched when I was younger was typically <laughs> lesbian porn, and it was usually really nice. It was it was great. Then I got into the pickup artist world and just. Like I was never, was never a great pickup artist or anything like that, but um, the it just always felt so sleazy and dirty. I just couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, the um, and then my my porn selection changed when I was angry, and it was taking my anger out on women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah. Okay. That's well first of all I want I first of all I want to say thank you for sharing. I mean that's that's awesome that you're sharing because I'm you know I'm I'm learning a lot about about some of those those dynamics and those situations in this moment. So thank you very much for for risking and to sharing because I mean you're not yeah, the no only problem. one, right? So thank nope. you for that showing up. <laughs> also with the uh the incel culture. Um, it's involuntarily, involuntarily celibate. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you know about the culture. Tell me more about this. Uh, so the incels now are guys who are, um, they're, some people would like to say, oh, they're men's rights activists. They're not men's rights activists. They're angry. They're angry guys who either aren't getting laid uh, well, involuntarily celibate means basically they're celibate not by choice because they are trying to date, but they're not getting any attention from women. Okay. And and they're angry. A lot of them are extremely, extremely angry, which is understandable. It's understandable. I mean, if I mean, if you run into anyone who doesn't get the opportunity to have sex, if they believe themselves to be a good person, they want to be a good and loving partner, and they don't get any any kind of affection for whatever reason, I, the, the anger is understandable. Mm-hmm. And so like, I can understand the anger that these guys have how to deal with it though. I haven't dove in deep enough into that realm to understand what, 
yeah, I, I haven't I, to to understand what they're what they're doing or how to deal with it. But I think a lot of the guys end up just going into these forums to gripe about women. Mm. And again, it's uh, it's understandable when you're feeling lonely and angry and upset and hurt, um, unloved, um, disconnected. It's gonna it, those are the seeds for a lot of resentment and anger, and that's what that's what I had felt. I felt I'm a good person. I'm trying to do my best here. And yet I feel alone. I feel separate from you. All I want is love connection. Yes, I want sex. So there's also that testosterone that's like, argh. people like to say that men's and women's sexuality are the same. It's not. Just we're, we're, there's a lot of similarities. Yes, but we're, we're different. I think, I think our differences actually bring us together. I like, I like having differences. I think that's, I think it's a beautiful thing. But yeah, so like all those things were just added into this resentment. And then I'd be more lonely and then even needed even more. And then that would feed into this anxiety around meeting this girl that I really liked. Oh my God, I really need this. And then I wouldn't get it and I'd push it away. And then that would feed more resentment and anger. And then it was just a vicious cycle. And then I would find a woman that I didn't find attractive. And then I would just be with her because I, you know, I just, I wanted touch. I wanted some human touch. I would get the human touch with someone that I didn't find attractive at all and then be really angry with myself and with life and with the world. And then I would take it out on her by, you know, not either not calling her back or just saying mean things. Uh, Yeah. So how would you say in relation to your story, in relation to other men that you've worked with, how similar are those stories? Very. So the guys who come to me with um, resentment, yes, it's similar. Very similar. Yeah. And, um, and in that space of, of resentment, go ahead. Also, also just as, as a side note, it, actually, I'll, I'll leave it. Go ahead. Continue. No, no. Whatever it was, you're inspired. Go. <laughs> it, was, it, was the, it was like um, another thing that hurt was that I would be able to there, there are women that I found really attractive that we'd have sex maybe once or twice, but then we wouldn't date and I'd want to date her and then she would reject me harshly. So that was a thing where it's like, okay, well, I could have sex and date these women that I don't find attractive at all, but the women that I really like don't want to date me at all. Um, so that was, that was an added frustration that was in there but i guess for me as well i was able to have sex whereas incels don't necessarily have sex okay yeah so go ahead so was there question like was there conversation before you engaged with with these women um of what their desire were before you had sex with them like the ones that you were talking about that you were having sex with that you found really attractive and then when you wanted to date them they refused to date you did you have conversations beforehand oh god no we're talking my like <laughs> we're talking like my mid-20s i'm in my mid-30s my conversations have changed the types of women that i date that i that i engage with have has changed it's yeah it's it's night and day difference compared to where i was before um yeah, no, I, we weren't we weren't having conversations. What are you talking about? I know. I I had to throw that in there because you know I'm always talking about you know talking before and during and after and communication and making sure everybody's on the same page and yeah I, you know so I just wanted to check in to see like was there was it a bait and switch situation or was it like we just didn't have a conversation about it and so these are what the that started to create some of these places of I, resentment and anger and I get, yeah, there was one woman in particular that I really, really, really liked. Her name is Jen. Her name is Jen. I think it was 26, 25, 26. I think it was 26. Yeah. And she picked me up actually. I was hanging out with a couple of buddies and she picked me up and we went out on one date and then the second date, I drove her back to my place. I was living in Abbotsford at the time, and she was in Vancouver. And so Abbotsford is about an hour drive away. So drove her out to my place, made her dinner. We hung out at my place. We had sex. And then I was like, oh, wow. This is, wow. This is, oh, my God. She's so awesome. Oh, my God. 
She's so hot. She's so awesome. She's so smart. She's so cool. She wants to do all these things that I want to do. Oh my God. Oh my God. And we hung out again a couple days later and I was just super needy and weird. And I said some weird things and then I ended up pushing her away. So we, it wasn't that the conversations weren't had. It was that I brought all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I might be able to date this woman. And then I lost myself and I started doing some and saying some really weird and stupid things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> to think of this stuff. Like, oh my God, I'm bearing it all here. My most embarrassing moments as a man in my, uh, in my mid-20s. I'm not sharing, it's not like I'm not sharing any of my wins right now. I'm just sharing. I know, all- we're go- okay, I know. Okay, we're, 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 we're going to go to your wins. We're going <laughs> to switch over to your wins in a it's, sec. It's, yeah, yeah, it's all good. We can, we can keep going in here. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm comfortable in this territory. territory. I'm, I'm right. Well, because I think it inspires others, right? Like, I think all of those moments of like, oh, shit, that's where I'm at. Or, oh, that explains why that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So what would you say to, so let's talk about from the women's perspective. Sure. All right. So as a woman who has been, I'm quite attractive and very, very uh, embodiment of my sexuality. And I always have been, even since I was young. Right. And so I've been on the receiving end of both love, admiration, neediness, desire on all of the whole spectrum from men. And, you know, often I find it really the, the, the anger, this is where I see the anger that shows up, has, has showed up anywhere from like very subtle to extreme. When I set a boundary that is that no, a no boundary, just, just a no boundary and know that I'm not interested in engaging, know that I don't, this is my personal space, please don't touch me, no, I'm not interested in having sex, no, I do not want to marry you, no, and I get messages on a daily basis from random guys saying, um, you know, I, you're so beautiful, I want to spend the rest of my life with you and will you have my baby? And I get these messages on a daily basis and these experiences on a daily basis. They're not attractive. (laughs) They're not, they're not attractive. And when I say no, thank you, there's so much anger and resentment that comes out of me setting the boundary that it goes from swearing at me to threatening me to, um, to, to, uh, even just ignoring me. Um, and, and all of that is just because, not because I was mean, not because I thought I was better than anybody, not from any of those places other than setting a parameter and a boundary of where I'm at. So hold on for a second. We're having some tech issues. I'm going to pause our recording for a moment. And we're recording it. So Ryan is back with us. All right. So where did you, where did you leave off? Where did we leave off? Yeah. So, so we left off by you saying that you'll say no, what, no matter what it is, like, no, I don't want to be touched right now. I don't want to, I don't want to have sex or no, no, thank you. And then in that moment, a guy will get really, really mad. Not, not all guys, but there are guys who will end up getting really mad and, uh, and be verbally, verbally aggressive. Is that right? Yeah, anywhere from, and I've had experiences anywhere from verbally aggressive to physically aggressive to actual threatening um, to also being passive aggressive in, you know, of of just trying to then shame me, right, um, in that there's something wrong with me. So there's all of these spaces of being on the receiving end of that. Yeah. Um... I think there are some guys who there are definitely some guys who are just they want their way their way and only their way all the time. Um there are some guys that are like that. Um from me, there were times when I was passive aggressive um when being rejected and it was mo- it was mostly because of out of hurt and a feeling of like God, not again. Did I get rejected again? It's a feeling of inadequacy. 
and shame and loneliness. And it's like, oh, there could be an opportunity here. I'm going to put myself out there. Please don't hurt God. Please don't hurt. Oh, she said, no, it hurts. God, not again. Fuck. So, so that's, where the, that's where the pain, pain comes, from. comes from. So you hurt me, now I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, there's, there's also, and that's not conscious. That's, that's completely unconscious. And I think a lot of guys too don't realize that just because it's a no in the moment doesn't mean it won't be a yes later. You can ask again. You're allowed to ask again. Maybe, maybe you're just not her type. I mean, for whatever reasons, like, for example, if you're just asking a woman out on a, on a, on a date and you, you start talking to her for whatever reasons, like her relationship with her father, her relationship with her brothers, her cousins, her family, where she grew up, the types of guys that she's dated in the past, she developed a certain type of guy that she is attracted to that she doesn't have any control over and probably doesn't have any awareness over unless she's doing a lot of personal growth work. And even then, it can be a while before someone gets a real understanding of why they have that type and if they can actually even change their type, which they might not even want to. So they have a type that is completely outside of who you are. And it's just about it's being important to remember that there is this other person here that has an entire world and life that they have lived that has created a type that just isn't you. It has nothing to do with you being inadequate. It happens to do with maybe you just choosing the wrong woman or seeing a woman who might say no to you. Um, picking up on those on those signals that, oh, I like this woman because she doesn't find me attractive. That could be a subtle thing that's going on in there. Um, so that's it doesn't mean that you're inadequate at all. She's just got a certain type. The other thing too is um, I've had women that have said no to me and then we keep on talking and then they're like, oh, wow, you know what? I, you know what? I actually kind of like you. Cool. And then I ask for the number a little bit later. It's like in that particular moment, yeah, they didn't feel safe or didn't feel connected to you or didn't feel attracted because maybe you're being either a bit too nice or there just, there just wasn't any sexual nature to you. So needing to see you in a different light or see a bit more of you before they're willing or comfortable to say yes. I've had women who have said no to sex and then half an hour later, they're like, okay, I really want to. <laughs> so work on connecting with this person and a no might end up turning into a yes, or it might just stay a no. And if it's, if it's still a no after a couple of times, then yeah, it's, it's probably just a no. Or if she's very clear, like, no, this is definitely, definitely not. Then yeah, you just, it's probably just definitely a no. So you can just leave it. Um, just work on building that connection, which well, I didn't I, do. Was younger. Well, and I think it's a really important piece is that, if somebody says no, that doesn't mean it's a rejection. Like this concept of somebody setting a parameter or a boundary that is, could be that it's just not a good fit and it not being a good fit or that person not it being your type or whatever. There's lots of, there's zillion variables of why someone says no, right? And most of those probably have nothing to do with you personally. And that, I think, is that piece that, you know, as a culture, we're carrying with that everything is part of this problem of we're all so obsessed and narcissistic, and it's all about us all the time, right? It's like, if someone says, no, thank you, it's like, well, there's something wrong with me. Or it could just be that you're not a good fit. It could just be that choosing different doesn't mean choosing better. Yeah. This is something that I do a lot of, I do a lot of work with around because I spend a lot of time talking about ethical non-monogamy and jealousy and insecurities and all that kind of stuff is that really trying to shift that mindset from somebody isn't rejecting you. Somebody is saying, I'm not interested in what is being presented in whatever capacity that is. Yes. And I think that what you said, yes, it's that you're not rejecting you and that when you hear no, it's not that they're rejecting you. Yes. And I think a lot of guys are going to re resonate with what I'm about to say. When you've been rejected again and again and again and again and again and again and so on and so forth, when you get dozens 
dozens and dozens or hundreds of rejections of people saying, no, thank you. Sure, for that one person, for her, that might just be a no, thank you. But for him, it's an accumulation of no, 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 no. I don't like you. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. So it's extremely challenging to be able to look at yourself and say, you know what? And say, you know what? I get it. It's probably not me. It's probably just them. But when you have all of this evidence of showing all of these people don't like me, I am the only common denominator. Mm -hmm. Therefore, there must be something wrong with me. And that's why a lot of these involuntary, these incels uh, or pickup artists who aren't getting, you know, any sort of action with the ladies and where I was, even though I was getting some, like I was getting attention. I was getting attention. I just didn't get as much that I wanted. I always wanted more and more and more and better, better, better. Like I was always like, and then my standards would always change. And it was this weird, it, it was a distorted perspective. And when you have this constant no, it's, it's extremely challenging to say, it's not me. It's mm-hmm. because all of this, all of this is saying it's, it's you. So that's where a huge challenge lies. Mm-hmm. Saying it's them. Great. Well, there might but be a combination. Maybe this is the other part of that statement is that maybe there's a combination in that, that one part, it's not you. The other part, there may be something that you are doing that is creating it. Like, you know, you were talking about that needy piece, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It may not be that she's rejecting you, so to speak, that you may not be her type, but at the same time, there's that piece. Or like you talked about being attracted to women who weren't attracted back to you. Right. And picking that woman who's going to say no. So therefore there might be a piece of the puzzle that you are contributing to. And so maybe there is a balance of both of those things that on one hand, it's that person's choice, blah, blah, blah. And it's not necessarily rejection of who you are, the essence of who you are. And on the other place, there may be that common denominator of shifting what's going on internally with you. That's reaching out, affecting those particular type of women that keep saying no. Yeah. So that, and, and that, that is the piece, you know, it, it's uncomfortable to say it, but you are the problem mm-hmm. and it is you. Yes. It is also that person. They're saying, no, maybe you're just selecting the wrong people. Um, there's, there's someone that I've worked with before where, um, he he only wants to date women that he finds are are nines like for for him his his own level of attraction i'll say nines or tens not for like some objective standpoint but for his level of attraction nines or tens but he only views himself as a seven so he's like i've i'm i'm always single i'm always single i I don't get it i don't know why well i mean if you only view yourself as a seven but you have this really high standard for other people and then you're searching for these and only dating these women, but you can't match up with what it is you're, ba- you're, you're, you're trying to punch up to get something out of it rather than just coming in as this is just a person that I have a high level of attraction to. It's a source of meaning that you're trying to get out of it. Uh-huh. So it's not going into a relationship. It's going into an agreement that, hey, this is my attraction I want you so that I can feel better about myself, prove it, prove to other people or something like that. So, and if you don't date other people, then of course you're always going to be single because you're only dating women that you don't think you actually deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, so that right there is that piece of working on the deservingness that comes in, mm-hmm. right? It's also be recognizing that, you know, we all do have different levels of attractiveness. You know, there are different levels of desirability, um, which is uncomfortable. So that's why it's best to take care of yourself as best as you can. Buy nice clothes, decent clothes. They don't have to be expensive clothes, but take care of yourself. Hygiene, do personal work, mm-hmm. read, bring something to the table so you can contribute something and mm-hmm. you know what it is that you can bring to the table. Um, yeah, so 
Okay, so give me your when, wins. Can I give you my wins? Yeah, let's, 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 I think we've dived enough into the, okay, this is what's fucked up about the situation. This is what's yeah, not yeah. working, blah, blah, blah. Let's, let's sure. hear, let's hear about, all right, you have this realization, you have this epiphany, what do you do? And then what do you, how, how, how do you get your game on? <laughs> how do you get your game on? Um, um. <laughs> There's, uh, um, I've got sort of a, an, an inappropriate, an inappropriate joke. Okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna share it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I'm tempted to, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I think I'll, I think I'll leave it. The, what did I do? I think that's, that's the best thing that I can really start from is, First of all, recognizing the hatred and recognizing that your hatred is 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 misplaced, mm-hmm. um, and start looking at, at the areas where you feel undeserving. So I started exploring it, like, well, why do I feel so undeserving of this? Right? Uh, pardon me, of this type of woman or this type of relationship or this type of sexual, exp- pardon me, experience. Um. So I, I did a lot of growth work in that regard. Other practical things that I did were meditation. I did a lot of gratitude journaling as well. A lot of gratitude journaling. I journaled. I journaled like a mofo, just journaling out all the things that I was angry about and resentful towards. And then this was actually probably the biggest thing that I found for, for me was just setting some boundaries, not letting women walk all over me and being willing to say no. So that was, that was huge for me, actually having my own standards, not about looks, but about personality and other, other, other aspects. Um, those, those were some huge things for me was being able to state some boundaries. That was, yeah, that was huge. And like, not in a mean way, but like do them quite nice. That was, those were some really big things for me. Um, what's another thing? Uh, I developed an awareness of um, recognizing that I was selecting women that were going to reject me. Mm-hmm. So I opened myself up to, you know what? I don't want that feeling anymore. I actually, I want to feel good. And then I allowed myself to start feeling that and then recognizing, oh, I want to talk to that woman. Do I think that she's going to be the type of woman who's going to reject me? Am I, do I have this feeling of rejection in here? Or do I have this feeling of, hmm, I wonder what kind of connection could be there. And I explored the connection. And then I would go into it thinking about that feeling. And then I would get more of that feeling. So I started exploring more from a place of desiring to connect with, with women and a desire to connect with my own desires, my own sexuality, without looking for something out of it, other than just what kind of connection is there? Curiosity and then gratitude for whatever connection came out of it. And being unashamed of, of my desires and my desire to, to maybe want to take it further or anything like that. I think that's- Was that, was that clear and concise? Yeah. I don't think it was concise, but was it clear? It was very clear. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it's really beautiful. Like, I love that piece of, of wanting to lean into the connection. What is the, the curiosity of what connection is possible here versus the, the, I have an expectation of what this is supposed to be. Whether it's, I want to have sex. I want to have a relationship. You are the one I want to get married to. You, I want you to be the mother of my babies. Like all of those thoughts running into that experience before you even said hello to that person. It creates that that frequency, that neediness, that energy that feels creepy because it's like you're wanting, like we talked about earlier, that wanting something from somebody in a, in in not in a um, what was the word I'm looking for? It's it's manipulative. It's a lie. It's it's not it's not you're 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 doing bait and switch. You're not actually presenting what you truly are desiring in that moment, and so 
coming at somebody in any capacity from that place, if that person at all has that space of self-awareness, self-esteem, loves themselves, thinks they're worthy, all this stuff, they're going to pick up on like, mm, that doesn't feel right to me. But coming from that beautiful place of, I loved when you said like that, just the connection, like what is the connection possibility here? Because that connection possibility, there's no expectation on it. There's no, there's no, there's nothing attached to it other than let's connect and see what lives there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. When you really want a relationship or you really want to get laid and you're coming into it like, well, I want to explore this, this connection so I can get laid. Sure. It would be great to get laid. It would be great to have a connection that, that would be great, but be aware of the connection. Is there a connection? Be willing to walk away if there isn't a connection, even if that means, well, I'm walking away from sex or, or relationship here too. Yeah. Well, because it also needs to be in line, like you talked about the boundaries. I think that's the other piece of that is that, you know, there's, and moving out of that scarcity mindset. It's like, you are amazing as an individual of who you are, and who you choose to spend time with need to be on point with you instead of being that opposite of, of that energy of like, I'm so unworthy, love me, love me, love me, being like, hey, I want to see where this connection is. I'm, I'm pretty fucking awesome. You're pretty fucking awesome. Let's spend time, time together versus I'm really fucking awesome. You know what? You're not meeting my standards. You know what? This is not a good fit for me. It's okay as a man, it's okay to say, no, 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 thank you. (laughs) Like I see some crazy eyes stuff going on there and you kind of been a little like obsessive and you're kind of needy and like all of those same things that we were just talking about. Guess what? There's many, many women who also are on that same moving from those same places. Yeah. you don't want to be on the receiving end of that either. No, I, I, I turned away a woman yesterday, actually. There, there was that energy that was there. I was like, she, she seemed lovely, but it was very... Crazy eyes. <laughs> for all of our listeners, Ryan's doing the crazy eyes for us. <laughs> the screen. <laughs> okay, so what's one thing... One thing that you suggest to help men move from that place of um, anger and resentment towards women as a whole and move into that place of um, self-worth, self-esteem, and feeling good about how you interact with women. Well, I guess there's... there's two sort of angles. The one angle is that if you haven't really done a lot of personal work and really realized what you're bringing to the table, then do some work on yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have been doing a lot of work on yourself, then, I mean, you're, you're, you're fine the way that you are. Like we're all, we're, we're perfect the way that we are. So you don't necessarily, my parents weren't doing a lot of personal work. They got together. They've been married for 37, 38 years. So mm-hmm. you don't have to be perfect and bring all of this amazing stuff to the table. Um, It's, I'm drawing a bit of a blank right now because even though I've gone through it, I don't, I did a lot of little things. Mm -hmm. I would say, what's one thing that you could do? I would say gratitude journaling is a big one. Um, I would also say exploring the connection, less so about the, 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 the end goal. Those are the two biggest things that, that I'd say helped me. This is, sorry, so there, I guess there's three things. The, the last one that I, that, I, that I did was I recognized that this belief that I had that women were evil was bullshit. And once I recognized that, that was actually what really sparked everything for me 
was, well, my mom's not, a, uh, my mom's not a bitch. Um, you, you know, this good friend of mine, she's, she's pretty awesome. Like she wouldn't treat guys like I've seen her not treat guys like crap who were being jerks. So like, and I've seen her be really loyal. Um, this woman over here, this one over here. Well, crap. Okay. So obviously my belief that women are bad is wrong. And then I had this thought of, well, I guess 5% of women are, are good. 95% are nutcases. But once I had poked a hole in that story that women weren't all bad, I was like, well, maybe that's bullshit too. Maybe I'm just carrying this energy into it. So I was curious about what energy was I bringing into it? What expectations were I tr- was I trying to get out of my interactions with women? And what if I were to shift my perspective towards women? And once I did that, that was that was probably that was actually everything that was the foundation upon which everything else grew there's a lot of little things that i did but that was the biggest thing was changing my perspective that's awesome i would add figuring out where the source of that anger came from in the first place and give that over to the appropriate space so like instead of like you were talking about that belief that all women are evil right it's like add another layer to that from a place of well that girl at school who was a bitch to me that girl was bitch right and it's and and putting it on like putting giving it to back to the people not necessarily in actual reality of you know saying you know what you are a bitch to me um but actually just like even visualizing saying you know what jane who pulled my pants down in front of all the others blah 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 and humiliated me she was a bitch and that experience hurt and that was awful and put it into perspective of where it grew up and who it individually came from instead of it being now we're going to generalize all women move in that place all women behave from that place all women are out to hurt you instead of being like jane was a bitch susan was an asshole blah 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 <laughs> like, you know, like what did it give a name give a name to the person so that you can like give it over and that you're not carrying it and bringing it in and if you can heal that that would be fantastic so you can let go of all those wounds that you don't have to carry with you anymore but at least start that process of putting it where it belongs the yes the thing that i another thing that's adding into this yes is I was I would start to pay attention to the women that were being good. I was like, you know what? I'm so aware of women being jerks that I want to start paying attention to where women are being good. And I started paying attention to like, oh wow, that woman said that really good thing there. That was that was great. Or this woman did that action. That's really nice. Or this girl has a really great energy to her. Wow. Okay. So I started paying attention to, oh, that girl over there, she waved at me. But then she was going like she, oh, that girl there, she was smiling at me. She's with a guy. She smiled at me. Oh my God, that's awesome. She's not necessarily my type, but she smiled at me. Oh my God, look at this. This woman over here is my type. She's too far away. I can't go and talk to her right now. Oh my God. So I started getting, I started, I shifted my focus because I was so attuned to all the ways that women were bad. And I was, I had my blinders on that I couldn't recognize all the ways that women were great. Mm -hmm. This is, you know what? This is the biggest thing that I did. So you said, what is the biggest thing? This is the biggest thing. I really, had to, I really had to sit with that question to really go back to it. That is the biggest thing was I opened myself up to recognize all the ways women were amazing and all the ways that I was great and all the ways that women would like me and why I was likable and why and opening myself up to all the ways that women did like me. So I just, I paid attention to that. So focused on all the dark stuff. I stopped doing that. And I started focusing on all, on all the good. And that instantly brought in better relationships because I was no longer, I'm not, I don't want this. These women are treating me like crap. Yeah, I don't want you. I'm going to turn away. I don't want to deal with that. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm not going to engage with it. Nothing. Instead, whoop, shift over. And that was the biggest, that was the biggest thing. That's beautiful. Thanks. That's, that's, that's awesome. Cause it, it's, it helps to, from a biological standpoint and a, a neural pathway standpoint, it's like beautiful. It's like re it's creating new neural pathways and new belief systems. It's fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. So how can they get more time with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if someone wants to work with me, um, they can reach out to me at ryan at theintimatelifestyle.com or you can go to Facebook, Ryan Thomas T-I-L for The Intimate Lifestyle. You can go to my face, uh, the, the, the Intimate Lifestyle Facebook page, but I don't have as much activity on there as I do on my personal page. Um, and I'm about to uh, launch a video series on sexual confidence. It's going to be a 10 video series on sexual confidence. And I also offer a program called The Noble Lover, where it's a three-month program where I take guys through uh, just personal awareness, sexual awareness, and then how to lead uh, from a place of strength and masculine power in their relationships. That's awesome. And everybody, um, all the details, all the links of how to get a hold of Ryan are in the show notes um, so that you can have, it's easy click. Uh, you can follow him on all of his social media platforms, his websites, the podcast, all these beautiful things that have all those links into the show notes. So you can just find him that way. All right. So that's it. That's all. We had a great conversation, Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with me. Um, and I, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. I learned a lot. I shared a lot. It was. I think we had a good conversation. So do I. Thank you. And um, yeah, thanks for being willing to go into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that place that we all live, like we all go to. We all live in those spaces and we all have them. And, and if we don't shed some light by talking about them, we all get stuck there. So exactly. You're, you're exactly. very, very thanks. Th thank you. Thank and thanks a lot for having me come on the show. I really appreciate it. This is a You're good luck. All right. So everybody who uh wants to continue following all the awesomeness, you can follow me at um my orgasmic life. We are on uh over twenty different platforms. So pretty much any one of your podcast platforms, we live there. And you can find me at succulentliving.com and on all the social media platforms under Guy Morissette. Have a wonderful day. May it be filled with orgasmic bliss. Bye-bye. <laughs>